You're listening to episode number 29 of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. This week, I get the pleasure of interviewing host of Schools Over Now What, the podcast, and lead mentor slash business strategist of the Now What Academy. Sean Anthony serves students and professionals across the world who are stuck in their situations. On this episode of the podcast, he's going to give you some tips and tricks on how to grow a business right now. We're going to dive into what what it was like to interview some top entrepreneurs on this podcast as well as just some simple life advice. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Reyes, a college student here to help you fashion your passion and transform your life. This past year, I've learned a lot about living out your true passions and implementing the best habits, and I'm ready to share these tips with you. Season three is nothing like you've ever heard on any other podcast before, and I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's get to it. As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need, and all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, and this week I have the ultimate business mentor and podcaster. Sean Anthony on today. And if you guys don't know who he is, then obviously you guys have not seen my Instagram story because I post all about his podcast all of the time because every episode of his is so much fire and it's just so good. So Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh man, let's get it. Let's get it. I'm so excited to be here on the show. You've been a fan of our work for so long and we're happy to see you up and running. We're just glad to be a part of it and add value. So first, can you just give my listeners a little insight into what you're passionate about right now and your journey about how you got to that point? Right now, I'm really passionate about providing as much value and as many versions of free content so people can just absorb it. I think one thing that's important right now is that you give people the value. Ultimately, people are going to want to have more and more access to it. So I'm very passionate about that right now. And if you look back, you know, from our journey to like just doing a podcast, the whole thing has just been crazy from just the beginning into where we are now. I think now we are right about 59 episodes as of tomorrow. And that whole journey is all started by just believing, you know, in a bigger cause that we're going to add more value to students. And we're going to add more value to people who graduated and people who just couldn't figure out what to do next with their life. That's incredible. So out of all things that you could sort of create and sort of putting out content for these students, for, you know, these graduates, these dropouts, like whoever, how did you come up with the idea to create a podcast? Why did you choose a podcast out of all the things? For me, as I've always been someone that could connect and collaborate with so many amazing people. One thing for me is that as I continue on in my journey as an entrepreneur, I started off when I was 14. When I was 14, my brother went off to college and I saw how he was living and he started throwing like these crazy, amazing nightlife parties with big artists. We're talking like Rick Ross, Young Jeezy. And I was 14 and I was in the club. What I liked about it was the networking piece and the ability that he could bring people together. So at the age of 14, I wanted to do those things and I started throwing parties. So I was 14, I threw a party, a graduation party for people who, of course, four years older than me. It was absolutely nuts. I walked away from the first event of my life. I made $6,000 and I knew I had a gift. 
And that gift was just like to collaborate, you know, and bring people together. And I wanted to go to school so bad, but not just for the education, because I wanted to take my entrepreneurship journey to a whole different level. That led me off to go to school and I went to school and I started throwing all these crazy, amazing events, made a lot of money. And, you know, crazy thing about college for me is the fact that you never know, you know, that everybody at the very end, they're going to go back home. And one thing for me that really stuck out was how do I take that skill set? And I went corporate and I got promoted so much and I got away from my family a little bit. And that's how I started to discover what a podcast was. I got promoted so much. I was like six hours away total. It took about three hours there, three hours back. And I had to play certain things to kind of, you know, get me motivated on that drive. And it was podcast. And that's what really attracted me to it. And I realized that, hey, I could do this too. Now we're where we are today. What was it like at 14? Like, what were the reactions from the people around you, like your family, your friends? Like, how did they feel about you pursuing this? And how did you pursue it despite what people said? I think at 14, I think you had to figure out who were you before people said things that defined you. For me, like at the age of 14, I just always, I mean, I mean, we like to call it that sauce where I'm from. I just always had like that unique quality where I would stand out. And I'm not like the tallest guy in the world or some sports athlete. But I've always had the ability to stand out from the crowd and be, you know, a memorable face and have that charisma to kind of take over a room. And for me, I think the fact that people were acknowledging that, when people were acknowledging it real quick when I spoke or real quick when I came into any environment at that age, I quickly acknowledged it. I think when you're at a young age like that, what are you really good at naturally? That's going to help you develop really, really, really quickly, especially before anyone else defines you and shuts you down. But what were those things that people said that, you know, you're just pretty good at this? And for me, that was it. It was the ability to kind of stand out from the crowd. I feel like that's one of like the top questions that students should ask themselves because this podcast is all about like, you know, people finding their passions and how they can find their passion. And I feel like that's an essential question for finding your passion is what are you good at naturally? Like what just comes to you? Throughout this entire journey, but definitely with, you know, the podcast growing so much, did you ever have moments of doubt or like fear? If you did, how did you combat that? I think it was always doubt in the beginning when you're doing anything new. When you're doing something new, you're like, man, no one's going to listen to this. I'm just talking to myself. But I think it's amazing what can happen when you get into a space and you're the only person in that space and you're able to articulate and speak your thoughts out loud. That's what happened on the first episode. First episode, I knew the direction. I knew the vision. I just wanted to share my story. I wanted to share it with if anybody were to ever plug their earphones in and listen to anything I said. I wanted to know real quickly about who I was, where I came from, and how it's so relatable to anybody that has the ability to want to come from something. And I think sharing that story, and in the second episode, it was really about painting what the show is going to be about. That's going to be bigger than just me. This is the reason why I'm doing this, because I figured out the cheat code. But my friends, when they graduated, they did not. They need help. They didn't know where to go. And that platform is created to help those who you know, have those same thoughts. You touched on this already. You want to help others because, you know, when you graduated from college, you sort of figured out which is the right direction to go. But what drives you to do your job every day? Like, what is that one thing that you just, you know, if it was missing, then you couldn't do what you're doing or you couldn't be passionate about what you're passionate about? For me, I mean, it's a family. It's two things. I would say it's family. And then it's also the people who the many DMs I receive from people who say, hey, Sean, that last episode, man, thank you for that. that. That saved my life. Or it might be for the fact that, you know, I have a beautiful daughter, I have a son on the way, and I want to provide for them a lifestyle that they can only imagine. I think that for me keeps me going. The fact that there's people counting on me, whether, you know, they are 
related to me or whether, you know, they listen to me every single Friday, they need that extra push. And I happen to be that antidote for them. That is what keeps me going is being able to identify those people who are in need, but most importantly, those people who are waiting for me. And right now, somebody's listening to this and they haven't said a word yet. They know they should say something on some type of platform. My challenge to you is that you have a voice and your voice is going to reach people that Sean can't reach. It's going to be people that Sam can't reach. And I think it's very unique that you share your voice and you share your story and that people recognize that you provide value as well. Why do you think it's so important for people to share their stories? I feel like sometimes I question myself and I'm like, well, there's so many other people out there doing what I do now. Like, what's the point of me doing that as well? But why do you think it's so important? Because you're going to be more relatable. Every person in their unique story is more relatable to somebody else. I've been on stages. I've I spoke with people who are worth 400 plus millions of dollars and people take away from an episode with us together or people take away from us separately is that, hey, Sean, I resonated with you stronger. I mean, like someone's listening right now, they're going to resonate with you stronger than me. I think it's because everybody's story is different and everybody comes from so many unique backgrounds. You know, we're all products of our environment. And I think having those different environments, there's not just one voice. You know, if you go back and you look at special holidays and you look at special holiday songs, whether it's a Christmas song and Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston can be singing on the same song, but people might like the Whitney Houston version better than Mariah Carey version. And that's because it's unique. It's a different tone. It's a different style. So I think you'd be deprived of yourself, you know, if you thought otherwise. For people who want to share their story, but are either too afraid to, or they just don't know how to, what would be sort of your advice or your like first steps for them to start sharing their story? Sharing your story is almost like building a brand. And I think that is first, you must know yourself. Who are you? You got to know yourself. And then I would say, okay, once you define out and know who you are, how are you going to present yourself? Are you going to show up as this person? Are you going to show up as this girl or show up as this guy? And then I think the last step would be most importantly, positioning yourself. And I think if you know yourself, you know how you want to present yourself and you want to position yourself, whether that platform is Instagram or Facebook or, you know, it might be something local, whatever it is for you. I think those are the steps. Do you think that there's a certain time or a certain age where it's appropriate for one to share their story or do you think they can do it at any time? You could do it at any time in the age. We started, I mean, it's been a lot that's happened in the last year, but I think it's always any time is the right time. It could be early off in your school years or early off in age, or it could even be later in life. And you just went through more things later on in your life. Like the power that we bring right now and the way that we present ourselves, we wouldn't present ourselves like this 10 years ago. And I think that there's never you know, a right time. I just say when the time happens, you'll know when it's time to share it. But if you're listening to this right now at a young age, I think now's the time to share it because you're already ahead of your peers. So I think that's most important. What is something that you wish you knew when you were in college or high school that could have elevated your life and propelled you to going on that path of becoming the greatest version of yourself? I would probably say if I went back, if I wanted to go a little bit quicker and things like that, I think it's certain connections. I think it's certain connections that can be more powerful connections. I think we put too much emphasis on certain moments in life that won't matter a couple of years from now. Think about somebody right now, whether they're in school, they're trying to win like SGA president or something like that. Like that stuff is not even going to matter. Unless you're at some crazy, you know, Harvard business, Princeton type school. I know a lot of those guys, they're doing nothing. I think what matters is building relationships and building relationships that have sustainability to 
when you guys grow older, you know, or move on, you're able to reach out to those different people and those different relationships and different angles. So that's what I would probably tell people is that you got to network, network, network. And networking is more important than winning a vote to be, you know, the representative of something. I think you got to know the people, know the right person, not just in your school or your, you know, educational system, but maybe in that city. You know, there might be some powerful people in that city that you may need to know in order to get where you need to be. I've definitely seen, because I feel like when I first entered high school, my whole goal was to win this election, win that election, wanted to, you know, do that, be involved in X, Y, and Z. And then this year, I really changed that to how can I sort of let go of a lot of things and focus on exactly what I need to focus on that could propel me this year and years in the future to do what exactly I want to do later on in life. And if like that's changed the trajectory of a lot of different things in my life. And it's just, it's added so much value to how I go about my day to day. You've had the podcast for a little over a year now. And in your opinion, why do you think that the podcast has grown so much in that time? I think it's grown from just the power collapse. You think about the power collaboration, collaboration puts you in a space. When I'm traveling, I'm with Ed Milet, or if I'm with a Grant Cardone, and I'm you know, I'm with a David Meltzer or any of those guys. I think the association of being beside them in person and the power of proximity has allowed for the show to really grow because they're like, yo, you know what? Because once you get put in the same scenario or the same sentences as those people, you're then crossing over platforms. That's the reason why so many of us, you know, we'll get on this person's show, they'll get on our show, we'll network with each other. And it's the reason why they want on with what we're doing is because we're utilizing each other's platforms to spread our brand awareness. And more people are like, yo, I see this or I see that. And, and, and it's to the point now where it's just like a surprise where almost nothing really surprises you. It's more of a matter of time before things start to happen. So how did you land such big people like Ed Milet, like David Meltzer? Like- it's all about the buildup. Ed Milet, the Greg Cardone, all that stuff. That didn't happen in like episode 10 or episode 20. It's the buildup. It's the groundwork putting that like forth an effort to get to that point. If we go back to like, I got Ryan Serhant. I think Ryan Serhant was a game changer. Ryan Serhant, we had him on episode like seven. This guy has worked a lot of money. He's been on New York, million all listening. He's like the star on the show, high profile network, bravo. I think getting him on the show in the very beginning when we were hitting up talented people that was from a local perspective, once we crossed over and got Ryan Serhant, it showed us what was possible. And then now you have the guy who's been on all these networks and that guy goes into like a portfolio of yours to say, you know what? I've been associated with all these different networks and you're landing another guy. So right after Ryan Serhant, we got Mikey Taylor, who is a CEO right now that sells a lot of things in real estate, but he's also was a, a well-known skateboarder. So we get Mikey Taylor, then we get drama, Chris Drama Path, and it just goes on and goes on, Trish Shelton, a whole bunch of people. And I think it's a power association. Once those people start to see you, you know, with certain people, they start to see your energy. They start to see your vibe. And they're like, you know what? I need to become a part of this. But it's also, too, the power of building a community. I think not only just you, but so many other people were tagging. They were just tagging all the time on Instagram, tagging at Sean Anthony, at MLAT, just tagging us both together so many different things. And MLAT actually slid in my DM and he said, hey, let's do it. And at first, I'm like, it's not going to happen. He's like, hey, let's do it. Email such and such. We kind of went through that route, hit him up. And I was like, you know what? This is Ed Milat. It's worth it. And I told him we'll fly to him. So we flew to Ed Milat. The thing about proximity is when you get in front of these guys, it's so much more value. And the power connection is so much more stronger. 
they're willing to be part of what you're doing, but also help you with a few things. And MLS is definitely my guy. I can reach out to him, text, he responds back really quickly. He's also been a guy that's helped me land some other power players since then as well. Do you still get, I guess, scared? Do you still experience fear when you interview like big people like this? I'm like, how do you go about that? And how do you get over that so that your interview runs smoothly and that's more authentic and like there is a connection there? I don't do anything scripted. I kind of just go with the flow. I think like the jitters went away real quickly. I think for me, it's all about when I meet people now, I'm like, yo, are they going to be like who they look like on the internet? Are they going to show off as like that same type of energy? I think what really broke all the jitters and I realized, hey, I need to get in front of people is that we went to New York. We were in Times Square. We were with a guy by the name of Mims. He had the hottest song in 2007. It was called This Is Why I'm Hot, like the number one multi-platinum song. We met him in Times Square. We did a podcast face-to-face. It was one of the very first times I went one-on-one face-to-face with somebody and with no script, no nothing, and just flew off of energy. And it was just so natural. And the vibe was just so real there. That's something that definitely helped. And then you meet some people who, you know, they just got that superstar aura. And when you see guys on internet, you're like, and you see them in person, like, and they got that superstar aura, you're kind of a little bit happy. You're like, all right, cool, this guy's really about it. But they see it in you too. And that's the reason why the energy is so authentic. They see it, they size you up, they look for certain things and they can feel it as well. And that's how you know you're a part of it. Because if you made it to that point in life, you shouldn't back down and hide it in a shell. Like you're in front of them for a reason and they can feel it. And I think that's what makes it more authentic. Do you prep at all for like these interviews? Like, how do you just go? When I watched a portion of a video from, I think when you're interviewing Ed Milet or, or, you know, Dave Meltzer, whoever it was, like I saw like you didn't have any notes whatsoever. And I was like, how does he do that? So like, how do you do that? Like what's your process in terms of before the podcast? There's really no prep. The thing for me is, do I know the person I'm about to walk into? Do I know something about them? Do I know, okay, they're writing this book or they've established this network or they've done this and the third. I think what makes me be able to do it is that when I talk to these guys, it's like therapy. It's like, how can I get you to tell your story in an authentic way that's going to add value to people? Like, I'm looking for like moments that you're almost about to cry. I'm looking for those rough patches of like, all right, how do I really dive into it? Let's see how deep this guy's really trying to go. I think that's what's most important. And I learned it from Tony Gaskins. Tony Gaskins is an extremely popular guy. He's been with Oprah, all those things. I had him on the show. Me and him talk one-on-one, he was like, hey, man, you got to talk to them like you're doing therapy so that they feel like they leave this conversation. They owe it to you that now that they can have this story to their portfolio. Like This goes into their time chamber. When they look back on life, they're like, you know what? I had this moment. That's how I approach every single interview. It's worked. Every single one of your interviews is just absolutely spectacular. What has been your biggest failure, not just in your business, but in your entire life? And what have you learned from that experience about yourself and about that failure, that experience itself? Cool thing about failures, I think a failure is like lessons. I think for me, every failure for me has turned into a lesson of something better is coming. When I look back when I was in the corporate world and getting promoted so much, I was promoted six times in four years and I made a crazy decision. I was at a job and I was only supposed to be in this role for a, a couple months. And I made a decision to say, you know what? I'm not going to move my family to this whole another state. And I drove. And I drove for six hours. We're talking three hours there, three hours back. I did that for about eight months. And I was like, you know what? This isn't the move. And I think what it taught me was that there's more important things in life. The value, the time spent with family, most importantly, to not overtake on things that don't make long-term sense for your goals in life. Probably one of the biggest lessons I learned. 
And through those promotions, sort of what was your work ethic like? How was it like that? And how did you sort of keep up that work ethic so that you were able to be promoted so much in that short period of time? It all goes back to like going back to the child, those child days and being realizing where you were when a kid, like at 14, like I've always had this, I don't know what it is about my mentality, but I always had this desire that I can do anything. I can really do anything. And it's nothing's going to stop me. And not even this job or this title, this label is going to stop me. And to be promoted six times in four years, you got to go to work and say to yourself, you know what? I don't even care if I didn't have this job tomorrow. Somebody else is going to hire me. And I think what people fall victim of is the fact that we chase a dollar sign and we chase money and we realize no matter what amount of money they pay us, they pay us that, that amount of money because they know we're worth more than that, but we don't. I think having that mentality of knowing, hey, I'm just going to always do this regardless, I'm going to get it, whatever. I think that's what really worked for me to get promoted so many times and that's the ability to stand out. So like whenever I walk into a room, I'm figuring out, okay, how do people know when I walk in this room, when I walk out of this room, that I was in this room? I observe people. I observe the people who were the greats. I observe those people who were like the quote unquote, the bosses or like the district type of people. And I observe their aura. How do they wear certain things? Their level of professionalism. And I applied that at a young age and I just stood out compared to everyone else around me. In terms of like confidence, what has your journey been like with confidence? And because, you know, you were hosting parties at such a young age for older people, what have you sort of learned about putting yourself out there that you could give to some teenagers, high schoolers or college students who want to put themselves out there, but don't really know in terms of like maybe meeting a new friend or just raising their hand in class and they don't really know how to do that? got to do your research a little bit and you kind of got to like study. And I think it might be developing who's your mentor. You know, I talk about all these crazy things I did when I was 14, but the number one thing I always like to mention to people is that I observed, I watched my older brother. He was already older than these guys, and he happened to be somebody that I saw as hustle, and I adapted to that hustle. So I think, like, you can become anything you want to be with the snap of a finger. It's all about transforming your mindset. If you're that kid that's afraid to raise their hand in the classroom, who's somebody you look up to? I mean, that person you look up to, you look up to them for a reason that you see those same traits in you. So if you don't even have nobody to look up to, who can you study to acquire, you know, whether it's that skill set? You want to be a public speaker, but you don't want to raise your hand. Go read uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming. Get on YouTube and study whoever it is you need to study to figure out how they think the way they think and adapt those same principles and apply them. For this final question, based off of the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion Podcast, what is one tip that you would give teen dreamers based off of how you have fashioned your passion? It's all about vision. I think you got it. And I say it, and it's one of the things I say on every single podcast. I think you really got to dream it and it's going to happen for you. You got to dream it. You got to believe it. Like there's no way anybody's going to tell you otherwise. Like, they can't stop what you already had in your mind that is supposed to be you. And you just got to go out here and get it. You have to really go out here and figure out a way to show up. For you, if the first time of showing up is to show your face on photo, show up. And the first time you're showing up is to be the first in class, show up. And the first sign of you, you know, to taking your game to the next level, whether you're an athlete, is to show up, whether even if it's practice. And I think that's the most important thing I can tell anybody is to have that vision, visualize that vision, make a mood board or wherever it is for you that you walk past, you see it every single day to the point where you can dream it, believe it, and go out and get it. So good. Where can people find you on social? I'm everywhere. You can find me on Instagram at Sean R. Anthony underscore. You can definitely check out the podcast, School's Over Now What? 
And you also can find out everything I'm doing and cop my free ebook or whatever it is at www.schoolsovernowwhat.com. You guys should all go check out the podcast. It is one of the best that I've heard literally ever. And also his ebook is absolute fire because it literally sums up all of his huge podcast episodes. Sean, thank you so, so, so much for coming on today. I appreciate it immensely. I cannot believe that we just did this. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.